Welcome to Calvary Chapel Sebastian Podcast. We hope that you're blessed by this message. So the theme this week, if this is maybe the first prayer week service that you're at, and that's a possibility, um, the theme that we've decided to focus on this year is when God's people pray. Let me ask you a question. What happens when God's people pray? Miracles, yeah. Lots of stuff happens when God's people pray. But specifically tonight, the title is A Night of Seeking God's Will for Our Families. Do you know that God has a plan and a will for you as parents and for you, you children and you young adults? God has a plan for the family unit here on earth. And so that's what we're going to look at. We're going to be in the passage of Joshua chapter 24, if you brought your Bibles, which Wednesday nighters love to do a Bible study. So thank you for bringing that. You can open that up or just listen to me. But I'm going to give you quickly four points. In other words, four promises tonight out of Joshua 24 from this passage that I believe God has given us. And this is his will for every family, every family, okay? And so I believe that every, if every family will walk out these four promises, these four principles that I believe that the Lord would extremely bless all of us, all of our families, all of our children, and, uh, and all of our relatives if we would just walk in these four things. And so I encourage you to take notes tonight, and you can just jot those down. There's not going to be a whole lot on the screen tonight. But we're going to see in this passage four things. Hear me. We're going to see God's protection. We're going to see God's provision. We're going to see God's heart. And we are going to see God's guidance for our families. And so in chapter 24, I'm in verse 1. Read it with me together. Then Joshua assembled all the tribes of Israel at Shechem. And he summoned the elders, the leaders, the judges, the officials of Israel. And they presented themselves before God. I want you to take notice in verse 1 what is happening here. Notice, first of all, that he is summoning a community. It's the Israelites. It's the slaves that he freed that, that through Moses. And, and he's brought them out. This is the 12 tribes. These are the, this is the community, the nation of Israel. And Joshua is a leader at this time. And he's summoning everybody to come together. I want you to think about what that looks like today in the town of Sebastian. It would be like someone saying, we're holding a meeting, a meeting at Riverside Park and we want every family, every family member, all of the authorities of Sebastian to meet us at this park on Friday night. And so you have a choice. Will you come? Notice he summons the authority. So it would be our, our new sheriff. It would be, it would be our new, it would be all of our finest gentlemen, the Sebastian Police Department. It would be the city. It would be all the officials. It would be everybody who had authority over this town in some way, shape, or form. But I want you to dial, I want to dial it back down to you. If you are a father or if you are a single mom or if you are a grandmother or a grandfather, you have authority in your family. Amen. 
God has given you authority. So he's calling everybody together, God's people. This is what's happening here. So the question is, if you heard about this, would you go? Let me say it again. If you knew that God was going to give a message that would save and protect your families, would you go? Amen. I would. I, I, I need more tips on how to lead my family because we're going to see how God's family gets attacked. Now, not everybody in Sebastian would come, would they? Now, what I want to just encourage you is this. You do it anyways. Because the mission and the gospel and your family starts with you. We may not have Riverside Park completely packed. Oh, you put some lights on a parade and play some music and hand out candy, they'll line the streets at Riverside Park to come, right? But I'm saying not everybody in your world and in my world will come for that message from God. But it starts with you. Because you are a believer. You are His people. Just like these people, the nation of Israel, the chosen people. Look at verse 2. Joshua said to all the people, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. So God has a message. And the first thing that I want you to notice is God's protection. Write that down. God provides protection for our family. Look at verse 5. This is the witness of God protecting these people. He says, Then I sent Moses and Aaron, and I afflicted the Egyptians by what I did there, and I brought you out. What did he bring them out of? Captivity. They were slaves. He protected them and brought them out of the yoke of 400 years of slavery. Look at verse 7. And he put darkness between you and the Egyptians, and he brought the sea over them and covered them. You saw with your own eyes what I did to the Egyptians. You know, I love that story. Most of you know this at Easter time. It's where they're fleeing, and Moses is leading them to the edge of the water. You know the show. And you know the outcome. And as a little kid, I watched it, and I thought, God could do that? God could really do that. And I remember, I didn't know that God would do that to my enemies, that he would collapse the seas, that he would part the waters for a miracle to protect me and to protect my family. And he would cover the waters and he would take care of my enemies. All I had to do was step in faith and they had to step out in faith. How many of you would like to see the Indian River part and God says, go ahead and walk through it. I'll hold the water up. Any takers? All right. Yes, you will, because I know your story. You've walked the faith. If you've walked in faith and it was do or die and you're at that moment, you're going to follow God because you've been there. We've been there, right? And this is what's happening. He says, you saw it with your own eyes. I will protect you from your enemies. And we know the outcome. Look at verse 8. I brought you to the land of the Amorites who lived east of the Jordan. And they fought against you, but I gave them into your hands. I destroyed them from before you, and you took possession of their land. Another example that whatever is fighting your family, whatever is attacking your family, God will fight, and you will be attacked. Anybody in this room that has not been attacked, your family has not gone through trials, no one? Good, I got the right crowd. 
Look at verse 11, one final example. This is, this is Joshua speaking for God. He says, then you crossed the Jordan and came to Jericho. But the citizens of Jericho did what? They fought against you, as did also, uh-oh, it's not just one enemy, but look at how many enemies the nation of Israel had. The Amorites, the, the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Jergeshites, never heard that one, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. But what did he say? He said, I gave them all into your hands. You see, tonight, church, the scripture has shown us that God has provided his people protection. He defended them from any enemy that came their way. And I believe today the number one way that the enemy would attack God's people is through the family. I want you to think about that. The world we live in tells you that your family unit is wrong. Your marriage is wrong. What is wrong with you? And that's the world. And the world is an enemy. The Bible says that we are in this world, but we are not of it. We are separated from the world. The Bible says that we are the, 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 the enemy. Satan is the ruler of the air. And I don't say that to make you scared, but I say that to say you are separated tonight. You are in God's protection. He has set you aside and he's lifted you up and he upholds you and he protects you from the enemy. Number two way that the enemy is attacking our families is through the marriage. And I believe that every single person in this room, including me and my wife, we have been attacked in our families and we have been attacked in our marriages. The question is, church, what do we do about it? What is the name of the series? When God's people pray. When your family and your marriage is being attacked, we are to go to God in prayer. And that is how we enable him by our faith that he will protect us. Let me ask you a question tonight for those of you who are listening right now in this room and online. What enemies are attacking your family right now? What enemies are trying to attack your children and draw them away from the Lord God who loves them greatly and has a plan because Jeremiah the prophet said that he has a plan for you and for your children? What enemy? Let me read to the enemies again of the Israelites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Jerjeshites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. And I submit to you that you have attackers. Let me tell you what they are or who they are and their names. The, peop the things that are attacking your family in the marriage right now are the, distract the distractites, the busyites, the social mediaites, the materialites, the non-communicationites, and maybe even the lazyites. You're laughing. You know it's true. You see it. Second thing I want you to see from the text tonight is that God will provide families provision. Look at verse 13. So I gave you the land on which you did not toil and cities you did not build 
but you live in them and eat from the vineyards and the olive groves that you did not plant. You know what that means? That means you can go to Olive Garden and you can eat a really cool meal tonight after church and not have to pay for it. That's what God did for them. Not only did God guide them to this place, but God also provided provision. God provides our families provision. I don't have time to talk about this. Number three, we want to see that God provides his heart for every family and every person. Look at verse 14. Now the fear of the Lord and serve him with now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods, little G, your ancestors worshiped. You understand what that passage is saying. There's probably not one person in this room that doesn't have a little G in their life. What's a little G? It's a little God. It's something that we make bigger than God sometimes in our lives. It's something that you young adults make bigger in your life. And, and, and it, what, what is that for you? And we could t- there's hundreds and hundreds of examples. It doesn't matter what age you are in this room. But we all have a time and a season in our life where we do follow our little gods. And what do I mean by following them? We pay more attention to that than we do God. We, we, we focus more on those things, those distractions, than we do on God. And that's not to convict you, but that's to make you aware. Where is the priority of God in your life? Does He even know you? course he does but do you know him back do you focus on him more than anything else in your life next thing that we want to look at is God's guidance look at verse 15 but if serving the Lord I love this God loves us so much that right here in this verse he gives you and I a choice But if serving the Lord seems, what's that word? Undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Ephraites or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. What do I mean by God gives us guidance? Each and every person that has called Christ into their life and received Him as Lord and Savior, God is in place and embedded in you, the Holy Spirit. And, the, and God uses the power and, and the wisdom and the communication of the Holy Spirit to guide our lives. Do you know right now that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you? Do you know that the Holy Spirit is interested in speaking to you 24-7? The question is, do you allow Him? Are you listening to Him? And kind of here's how this goes. A thought comes into your mind or a choice you have to make. And you know you've made the choice and you know it's not the choice that God would have you make. But you do it anyways. God loves you so much and God loves me so much that he wants to guide us. God provides guidance for our families to make the decisions that he would want us to make. 
And so what happens when we do our own thing and we don't listen and we don't be, we're not led by God's guidance by the Holy Spirit, here's what usually happens. We like the Gators and we like the Bulldogs. Or we like Alabama and we like the Bulldogs. Can you do both? Not last week, not, last, not this weekend, right? What was it, Monday? Monday night? Monday. Yeah, Monday night. No, you can't do both. And guess what? When God is trying to guide you through the Holy Spirit, you cannot be led by God and led by Satan at the same time. And I know what you're thinking right now. Pastor, I'm not led by Satan. Maybe you don't think so. But think about the one choice that you made that you know that's not God and you suffer consequences from it. Do you know who was not clapping over that choice, that circumstance that you suffered? God wasn't clapping. Satan was clapping. And sometimes we kind of we walk the fence, don't we? We've got one leg on one side and one on the other side. And I'm not criticizing anybody because I've done it too. But what the Holy Spirit does when it says that God loves you so much that He will guide you is that eventually it's going to hurt straddling the fence. Think about that. You got to put one leg over. The question is, which side of the fence are you going to drop your leg over and walk in it? Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Sebastian podcast channel. If this message impacted your life, we encourage you to share it with a friend. We're located at 1251 Sebastian Boulevard, just northeast of Intersection 90th Avenue and State Road 512 in Sebastian, Florida. Our service times are Saturday evening at 6 p.m., Sunday morning at 1045 a.m., and Wednesdays at 630 p.m.